What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. She is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I am feeling this NFL season. We're week seven. You know, a lot of teams are starting to have their buys, and I'm like, when do we get our buy? You know, I kind of feel like I could use a bye week personally. You I just had one. What do you mean? The 49ers just had their bye last week, man. I'm desperate for some football. Oh, I'm not talking football. I'm just talking like a vacation for us. You know, the people who work in football. No, that doesn't really happen. You no, got to wait till March for that. <laughs> my body and uh, my sleep schedule would very much like a week vacation, but mm. also what we get to do is pretty amazing. So I'll stop complaining. So I am battling a cold. You might be able to tell from the sound of my voice. I am kind of losing my voice, which is, it's so weird, right? Like this is such a strange job. I could get, be in a horrible accident and be in a full body cast and still be able to do this job like reasonably well, but you get one little sore throat like I have, and it puts like the whole day in jeopardy. It's it's just a weird thing. I think you sound fantastic. Oh, Can't great. even hear it in your voice. <laughs> whatever, whatever tea you're drinking is working. Yes, I've got I've just it's like hot water and honey. Basically, that's what I've decided Ew. to go with. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review and subscribe to the Niners Nation podcast network. I always promise you if you leave a review, we will read it on the show. Last week, we read one from somebody that wasn't too happy with us. This week, I'm happy to say that that is not the case. This comes from Bench Jimmy G, which fantastic name. Subject of the review is stats, five stars. I really love all the amazing factoids and stats that Michelle brings to the show every Friday. Some of the information she gives us really blows my mind. So there you go, Michelle. Keep it up. That's awesome. I love that. That gives me more motivation to keep digging up for some great stats to, you know, share on the show. Exactly. And we're going to get into some of the props and uh, fantasy projections and everything from this week against the Colts. But before we do, it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. Trey Lance didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. I feel better about the situation because it's not like Kyle Shanahan had to choose between Trey and Jimmy, right? Like if Trey can't play, you're not going with Nate Sudfeld. So at least if I have to see Jimmy Garoppolo again, it's almost better that it's happening this way. Do you still believe the injury is not as severe as they're saying? Or do you actually believe Trey Lance can't go out there and play this week? I mean, it looks like I was wrong about that. The fact that he hasn't suited up at all, unless he's, if he's back at practice today, Friday at all, then maybe, you know, I might've been on the right track, but it looks like right now I was wrong about that. Yeah, and, you know, this is a must-win game, and putting a rookie into a game starting, that would have been a difficult spot spot to be in. They have to have to beat the Colts. Uh, And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, I think Trey Lance has the overall better, you know, you, you can build a game plan where it makes it harder on defenses, but at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo's brain and what he knows about the NFL and just his experience overall gives him a better chance to go out there and win this game against a Colts overall team that has just been playing pretty well as of late. Yeah, but you like you said it. They got to have it. They're two and three, three-game losing streak. Like The time is now. If it's ever going to happen at all this season, it has to be now. There's a lot of talk about the rain in the forecast that's expected for Sunday. Do you think that favors one team over the other? 
Um, I'm not really too worried about it. Jimmy Garoppolo actually does have experience playing in some pretty heavy rains, so I think that won't bother him too much, especially because he's only throwing the ball three yards at a time. I would say would favor the better rushing team. And yes, I much prefer Jonathan Taylor over Elijah Mitchell or Trey Sermon. Like Jonathan Taylor is a beast, but for some reason, the Colts coaching staff tries their hardest to keep him on the bench. So the <laughs> fact that they don't give him 20 plus carries a game blows my mind. They are trying to get Marlon Mack out there. And Naeem Hines is a very, very good player. Don't get me wrong, but to take Jonathan Taylor off the field as much as they do. I would be worried if it started to rain, then they might try to get him more carries because the only thing holding back the Colts team is the stupid coaching staff, not feeding Jonathan Taylor. So it's not just Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Like this stuff happens <laughs> to other teams too. That's kind of refreshing. Yeah. You know, every coach, you know, just like the game last night, the Broncos Browns game, the first half, the Broncos came into this game saying, we're going to try to run. We're not going to pass down the field against this terrible secondary. <laughs> the Browns secondary is beat up and they're bad and they give, they give up huge trunk plays all of the time. And they're a fantastic run defense. And the Broncos honestly came into the game trying to run against a great run defense and not throw against a bad pass defense. Like, how is that your game plan? It blows my mind that these guys are professionals. I know I couldn't go out there and do the job, but like, it seems so clear and obvious to me what the game plan should have been and then they don't do it it drives me crazy it, it is frustrating it's almost like do you not have access to the same information that we all could read every week i think part of it is their coaches are so risk averse kyle shanahan's one of the most guilty of this in the entire league they're so worried about like mistakes right we what happens if we make a mistake we just we can't turn the ball over that they they turtle up sometimes and i think it I understand not wanting to make a mistake. Like you do have to protect the ball, but if you never ever get aggressive, it's, it's essentially the same thing. Like your offense is not going to have the ball anyway. So it just seems really weird that so many coaches keep making that mistake. Drives me crazy. And I think the reason I just like kind of went off there is because I'm a Steelers fan, right? And watching them Watching them this season has just drove me crazy. Mm. My favorite thing was after halftime, they were like, Pete Carroll says they want to start running the ball. And it was like, Mike Tomlin thinks that they're going to throw deep. So he's going to guard the deep pass. <laughs> and then he just <laughs> never adjusted the whole time. And they just ran all over them. It just, hopefully, you know, Kyle Shanahan comes out here with a good game plan. And, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, it should be to stop Jonathan Taylor. Like, that should be their focus. Make Carson Wentz throw. He's been good as of late. Uh, but you can make him make mistakes. And if, yes. you know, if they're able to run the whole time, then that's a bad, really bad news for the 49ers. But if they make Carson Wentz do it himself with his arm, they can definitely make him make some really big mistakes. That has been my big point this week is I think the 49ers defense, this might be the game that they can affect more than any other. Because if you put Carson Wentz under pressure, he's going to self-destruct, whether it's him just totally sacrificing his body and trying to make a crazy play. But like he puts the ball in harm's way. If you could get Bosa after him for a couple of plays, especially in some key spots, I think that this could be the game we finally see the 49ers defense actually generate a few turnovers. You know, my co-host on Thursdays, Levin, asked me how many 
turnovers do the 49ers have? And I was able to name all of them by play because there are only two this entire season. So it's not hard to remember the list, but I think Sunday night could be the time where the 49ers defense actually puts the offense in some good positions for a change. Yeah, and Nick Bosa's been doing his thing, and he's going to have to keep doing that if he can get pressure on Carson Wentz. Now, Wentz has not thrown an interception in the last three games. It's been two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Very, very odd for him, right? Like, we're used to Carson he's Wentz due. turning over. Yeah, he's definitely due. So the 49ers need to make him feel uncomfortable, um, get pressure on him, and that that streak of him not turning over the ball should should disappear pretty fast. I just have these visions of Carson Wentz playing the 49ers last year with the Eagles, where he basically did nothing the entire game, except he made one play. And it was a deep pass down the left sideline for a touchdown. And that was it, because Nick Mullins is a pile of crap at quarterback. And so the 49ers (laughs) lost the game. They easily should have won. But I think that that that's the kind of game that Carson Wentz can have. It can be the kind of day where he's not really doing anything, but then all of a sudden, you know, he evades a rusher and just launches one deep down the field, and that could swing the entire game. That is the thing I'm worried about with him most is the big play. It's not really like the long drives. Yeah, and but this game, he doesn't have all of his weapons, right? T.Y. Hilton came back finally and then injured himself immediately again. <laughs> it's questionable if he's going to play, but I think even if he does play, does he make it through the game? Paris Campbell, who's been a really solid asset to that team this season, he's always been a solid asset. You just can't stay healthy on the field. Now he's likely out for the season. So that leaves Michael Pittman and like Zach Pascal. And so that's going to be hard for Carson Wentz to continue the success when all of his best weapons are out. That is good news for the 49ers. And the there's a lot of injury news for the Colts, actually. Darius Leonard, their all-world linebacker, missed practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday, so we'll see. That seems to be trending in the right direction for him, but he's clearly not 100% going into this one, which obviously helps the 49ers. And the Colts just lost their safety, uh, Blackman, whose first name I can't remember. I think it's Justin, but... Uh, Julian. Julian. Sorry, my bad. Mm-hmm. Julian Blackman. Torn Achilles earlier this week at practice. He's done for the year. He's one of the best young safeties in the league. I should probably learn his name, but obviously that's good for the 49ers. So like, you know, usually the Niners go into a game and it's like, oh, they're missing all these people. Well, the Colts are going to be down some key pieces too. And Rock Sin, their, their best corner is, has not practiced this week. Ankle injury. It's looking like he's probably not going to play. I will say Darius Leonard's been kind of doing this type of practice schedule for the whole season. He's had the mm-hmm. ankle injury. He's still performing greatly, so he'll he'll go out there and do his thing. But yeah, it, it's better than playing against him at full strength for sure. But uh, I just read that he actually has as many turnover worthy plays on defense as um, Trayvon Diggs does for Dallas. Really? Yeah. So That's he he's been terrifying. killing it even with a bum <laughs> ankle, which is insane. Wow, that is pretty crazy. Trayvon Diggs has I think what is it seven interceptions through six games, which is just ridiculous for the Dallas Cowboys. Everything seems to be coming up Dallas, unfortunately. Uh, Vegas thinks this is going to be a low-scoring game. The over-under is 44 points. So that basically means they're expecting either team to stay under 25 points in this one, going over or under. 
I think I'm going over. That's really low. 44 and a half points or just 44 points. So you need your 45 points. But the Colts are averaging 23.2 points per game this season. And as of late, we've been doing much better than that. And the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're averaging almost 27 points per game. So that, you know, that gives you a good little leeway there. That's 50 points total that they normally score together. They Mm -hmm. have it all the way down at 44. So I'm taking the over there. That's just really, really, really low. I think Jonathan Taylor will be able to get into the end zone. Carson Wentz, you know, can maybe get in one time with with his arm. And then Jimmy Garoppolo will have to do the rest. But I think they'll get over 44. Yeah, I don't know how you could feel comfortable going with the under. You're either going to bet the over in that situation or you're just not going to touch it at all. Because how could you take the under? Like, imagine taking the under and watching this game. You're just like rooting for incompletion. Yeah, you can't watch. You can't enjoy it. No, you can't. And that's, I hate betting the under for that reason, because then you can't watch the game because there's no, the point of watching a football game is you want scoring, you want fun. And if you bet the under and it's like, oh goodness, but if you don't have to watch it and you're just betting, then, you know, that's when you can throw those unders out there. But I think that's just really, really low for this game. I guess it depends on how bad the weather is, but if it's just slightly raining, that doesn't scare me. Yeah, that's true. The weather would be a huge factor in, in terms of the scoring. Um, but it depends how bad it is. And like sometimes precipitation can help the offense because they know where they're going. So it's always going to be easier for them, whether it's snow or rain. Now, if it's like torrential downpour, that's different because it eventually it gets to a point where it's just so bad that you can't do anything. But if it's just a little bit of rain, it's possible that that could help both offenses in this one, especially, you know, defenders can slip and fall down. That can lead to big plays. So we'll have to see. But I agree with you. I will take the over uh, 44 points. That seems way too low for me. The Niners are favored by four and a half. What are you liking that? I, I like this. I like the four and a half. Now, like I said, the Colts have been good as of late. They should have beat the Ravens, but they they fell apart. But in two of their last three games that they've won, they played the Dolphins, who just lost to the to Jaguars. The Jags. Ugh. Yeah. And then they beat the Texans with Davis Mills. And like they're not good either. <laughs> two teams that are one and five. They've lost their first three games against better opponents. The Seahawks with Russell Wilson. They only lost by three points to the Rams, but still it wasn't that it looks closer than it was. And then they lost by nine points to the Titans. The 49ers, this is a must, must, must win game. If they can't come out here and win by six plus points, even like they need to do their thing. I would take uh, them to cover four and a half points. Yeah. Oh, man. So I did a little research. The 49ers have not won a game by more than one score in what will be 364 days on Sunday which is unbelievable. They haven't even played in their last 15 games. They have only played five, I believe, that were decided one way or another by more than one score. That is like, from as a fan, like those games are just so (laughs) stressful, right? They're killing you. So the four and a half is an interesting number. I I think I got, I'm picking the Colts to win the game, first of all. You're picking the Colts to win the game. Yeah, I think they're going to win outright. I really do. I just can't have. So faith. then you're easily taking the Colts plus four and a half. Yeah. I I mean, I just can't have faith in this, this offense right now, anything with the 49ers. And I'm trying not to be bitter, but I'm just, that's where I am right now. 
So give me the four and a half points. I will take it. Um, I would love to be wrong. I would love for the 49ers to kick their doors in and for Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth to be struggling for stuff to talk about because the 49ers are winning by so many points. Like that would be great. Just like not a Sunday off, but just like an enjoyable Sunday. But we haven't had one, like I said, in basically a year. So I got to go Colts in this one. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Like, I don't think you're going to be sitting back, like, relaxed. But I do think they'll win by, like, a touchdown. I think they'll win by seven. It'll be a smooth game. Uh, uh, yeah, I think the 49ers have this one. Well, you're you're more faithful than I am at the current moment. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the prop bets, some of the fantasy stuff. Um, there's one particular bet that you and I were talking about before we hit record that you think I'm crazy on, and I think it's money in the bank. So we'll talk about that when we come back. This is the Gold Diggers podcast. Time to get into some props and some fantasy predictions for week seven against the Colts. And, you know, Michelle, I patted us on the back last week because we have been pretty good with the prop bets that we have been telling you about. You said Cooper Cup is a lock to go over 82 and a half receiving yards last week against the Giants. He crushed that. That wasn't even close. He had a he- halftime. Beautiful. And you also that's that's a nice feeling, right? When your bet is already cashed with the game half over. And you yeah. also predicted Daryl Henderson over 15 and a half receiving yards. He hit that as well. So once again, you were two for three. You have been crushing it this year. Thank you. If only I could bet, that would be great. If I could win some money. So I was texting you. I'm super excited now because I'm in Connecticut and DraftKings just came online here in Connecticut. So now, like, this is the danger zone for me. Because now, like, I talk to you, you know, I feel like I've got a little inside knowledge here, which is the most dangerous thing you can have. Vegas loves people like me. <laughs> yeah. Don't be confident in uh, betting because of something I say, because uh, I don't want you to lose your money. Well, uh, now I'm going to put all the responsibility on you. I'm going to tell you what bets I make every week. And when they don't hit, I'm going to hold you personally responsible. That is so awesome now, though, that you can bet on the sports books. And I miss that so much from Pittsburgh. It's crazy. It's so easy. I have the DraftKings app on my phone. You dial it up like two two button pushes. It's like any bet you want to click, click, done. And then you're like, oh, crap. And then you actually get paid out when you want to. Like, it's not like a sketchy site. When you want to get paid out, it just happens. And hey, this is not a sponsor for DraftKings. It's just it's a nice little feature to have. It's true. So here's a true story really quickly. Before all this was legal, this was uh, in 2019, I made a bet that the 49ers would reach the Super Bowl. And lo and behold, the 49ers reached the Super Bowl. And it was not a small bet. It ended up being like thousands of dollars and that I won. But this site was sketchy and they wouldn't pay me. That I tried to cash out and they wouldn't oh, give me no. the money. So they were like, you have to bet another like 300 hours worth of bets before we'll give you the money. So I did. And I actually hit on a couple of those too. This was like over like a six month period. Cause I was really like choosy. Cause I didn't want to lose any of the money. So yeah. finally I like met all the requirements and they wouldn't give me cash. They paid me out in Bitcoin, which oh my at the goodness. time I was mad about, but now has gone through the roof. So yeah. it ended up being like, fantastic thing and my wife and i just bought a new deck for the house thanks to the 49ers making the super bowl in 2019 damn that's awesome so now of course i think i'm going to win every bet which is ridiculous and stupid and yet i'm going to do it anyway (laughs) 
Oh yeah. Once you win, it's over. Like if you go to the casino and you win a blackjack, then all you want to do is go back to blackjack. That's yes. how they get you. And then you lose all your money. Yeah. Is that your game at the casino? It is. Yes. And don't ever go to the Pittsburgh Rivers Casino and play blackjack. You never will win. Ever, 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 <laughs> ever, 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 ever. I swear you're something's it's wrong. It, it is. It really is. You can have a 20 and you're not going to win. You need <laughs> you need the blackjack. That's the only chance of winning in that in that casino. Hmm. Can I make a confession? I have been too. I've only gone to a casino a few times in my life. I've been too intimidated to actually go and sit down at the tables. I've only done slots. I'm too scared to actually like sit down. I feel like I'm going to screw it up or somebody's going to get mad and at me. And people do get mad at you. People get mad yeah. at you in blackjack, especially you can mess up everyone's hand is the issue. You can actually make people lose money if you don't know how to play and you hit on the wrong hand or whatever. You got to kind of follow the rules or people get real mad at you. But that always pissed me off. Like I can do whatever I want. Oh, I'm only concerned but it about my messes money. With other people's, but it messes with other people's money. That's not my because problem. If you hit and when you weren't supposed to, and then it messes up with it, like it would have made the dealer bust. Right. And then it, you just lost the entire table money. Yeah. But guess what? If the entire table is going to give me a portion of their winnings, then all right, I'll consider that. But if they're keeping all the money for themselves, I don't give a rat's ass about whether or not I messed it up for you. Yeah. Don't go play blackjack. See? <laughs> don't don't go play. You're going to get beat up. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll just make my bets on my phone and hopefully yeah. win some money you um, can go to one of those um machine blackjacks right yeah that's true yeah i just i don't like that like you well how are you going to tell me how to play it's my money i can do whatever but it's our, we're, we're playing together it's all of our money no you're messing with up, our money get up and go to another table if you don't like it that's what i would say what am i this is the only table you're right i would definitely get beat up yeah you're getting up so fast i'm not going to a casino with you <laughs> Let's look at some of the props from this week. Uh, I teased as we went to break one that you and I disagreed with, which I think is a lock, and that is longest touchdown. You can take either team for who's going to have the longest touchdown of the day. The Colts are plus 135. The 49ers are minus 150, which means Vegas is pretty confident that the 49ers are going to have the longest touchdown in this game. I just look at it like I said. You know, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton's going to play. If he's out, that hurts it a little. But I think either with a Jonathan Taylor screen pass, which they've hit on recently, or just a, a Taylor run, something. I feel like the only way the Colts are going to score is if they get a big play like this. And the 49ers usually don't make a lot of big plays. So to me, this one, if I had to pick it, I'd go Colts and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it's hard, right? Because I hate betting against Debo Samuel getting a, a deep receiving touchdown. Not even if he catches a deep, just he takes one deep to the house. But when I'm looking at the longest touchdowns this year and I'm comparing the Colts and the 49ers, Devo does have the longest touchdown out of the group. Mm -hmm. But then the next top four longest touchdowns are all from the Colts. So if you're looking at just touchdowns of over 25 yards, the Colts have one, two, three, four, five of them, and the 49ers only have two. So looking at odds, it's looking Man. like the Colts should, you know, the Colts looks like the better bet here, but it's so hard because Devo Samuel can do it in any given moment in the game, he can bring a 10-yard pass 70 yards to the end zone. Well, and the other thing to consider is this, especially if there's going to be rain, it is longest touchdown, but there's no minimum on that. So if, for yeah. example, if the longest touchdown is five yards in this game, you know, then that's the longest touchdown. You could lose that bet depending on how you go. So it doesn't have to be necessarily an 80-yard bomb like we're talking about if it's raining and, you know, no one is really scoring. There might only be, you know, two or three touchdowns in the game. That changes it too. But 
to me, in my mind, when I just think big plays, I think the Colts, I will take the Colts plus 135 in that one. Um, Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, let's get to his rushing yards because you and I disagreed on this too. The over-under for him in the game is 63 and a half. I think take the over because I think the Colts are going to try and run the ball. And the 49ers rush defense this year has not been great. It hasn't been terrible, but there's actually been more room there than I thought. Javon Kinlaw, I don't think, is going to play in this game. He's got a knee injury that he's been battling all season long. So there might be more room along the interior of the 49ers defensive line. I think I would take the over on the Jonathan Taylor rush yards. Yeah, I mean, it's 63 and a half. He's hit it three times, but one of the times he had 64 yards. So he just hit that. It all counts. My biggest issue with Jonathan Taylor, I love him. I love him. I think he's fantastic, is that the Colts refuse to feed him. They they keep him on the side, on the bench, all of the time. For some reason, they're trying to make Marlon Mack a thing. Like, they <laughs> literally lost the Ravens game because they're trying to showcase Marlon Mack to maybe get a future seventh-round pick, like probably <laughs> conditional. And they kept trying to put him into the game to showcase him so they can possibly trade him. Instead of putting in your best player, and it's Jonathan Taylor, the amount they sat him in that game, you deserve to lose. And they lost. Like you keep in your best player, you keep Lamar Jackson off the field by, you know, feeding Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is yet to have more than 16 carries in a game. That's absurd to me. Uh, 16, 15, 14 carries last week. That's not acceptable. And when you're looking at what the 49ers have allowed, they've only allowed one player to have more than 55 rushing yards. And that was Aaron Jones. He had 19 carries in that game. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to need nine, like 18, 19, 20 carries to hit that. And they just, they refuse to do it. If Jonathan Taylor obviously gets to work, he'll do it. But the Colts coaching staff is just as stupid as the 49ers. <laughs> do you think that because of the rain, that maybe that will nudge them in the direction of giving him more carries? Hopefully. Now, Jonathan Taylor is leading the NFL in rushing yards over expected. That's amazing. But he's doing a lot of it on outside zone uh, rushing attempts. And the 49ers are only allowing 2.8 yards per rush attempt on, in, uh, when players are running the outside zone. So I don't know. I feel like the 49ers are better at solving the run than you than you think. They're pretty good at it. I know you want them to have like zero rushing yards at every attempt being a fan watching the game. Of course. But they're pretty solid at stopping the run. And if they're not going to give Jonathan Taylor enough carries, he's going to struggle to hit that over. All right. See, now I always feel confident. And then I talk to you and you usually turn me around on something. So now I'm so like, the I don't know. Two, the two teams that Jonathan Taylor easily hit the over he would have destroyed the 63 and a half where against the Texans terrible run defense and against the Dolphins a terrible run defense so he had massive chunk plays in those games averaged a ton of rushing yards per attempt against the Ravens 53 yards against the Rams 51 yards the Titans he did hit it with 64 yards um but I I don't feel confident with taking this over I'm not saying he can't do it but I don't feel confident about it all right how about this one 49ers, the spread in the first half is Niners by three and a half. Here's why I don't take that at all. The 49ers have not scored more than seven points in a first half this season since week one against the Detroit Lions. Since that point, they have scored seven points or fewer in the first half of all of their games. Now, you could say maybe it's the bye week, so Kyle Shanahan has had time to draw up extra stuff. 
But I don't know, especially if Trey Lance is not going to go. You know, they don't have their guy in the red zone that they can go to. They can make a play outside of the structure of the offense. I'm not really sure if I if the 49ers are even going to score more than seven points in the first half of this game. So I don't know that I would take that minus three and a half in the first half. Yeah, right now the Colts uh, have them beat in the first half. 59 points scored this season in the first half. I guess they did play an extra game, though, so that's kind of cheating. 40, So they're kind of equal here. 49ers, 52 points. Yeah, it feels like the Colts as of late are coming out stronger to start the game and the 49ers just take it slower. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel confident that the 49ers are going to go into halftime with a, a solid lead. So I could see the Colts winning by maybe a, a couple points or even them tied at halftime. I, I would want to stay away from that bet. Plus halftime bets are so hard. Yeah. You don't know, like that's, I, I'm staying away from just a half of a game. So much changes in the second half. They always scare me because I don't. Yeah, it's like I'm not good at picking out what happens over four quarters. Now you're going to give me an even smaller sample size like uh, that just makes me nervous. So I think I would avoid that one as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one I want to look at passing yards and we'll do this for both quarterbacks since they're pretty similar. Jimmy Garoppolo is at 223 and a half over under and Carson Wentz is at 226 and a half. If you had to pick one quarterback you're confident that's going to hit that over, would it be Jimmy G or Carson Wentz? See, now I think both will hit it. And Jimmy Ooh. Grapple better hit it because Davis Mills even hit it <laughs> by a good margin. So, you know, the Colts have been allowing most quarterbacks to hit that over. Uh, so definitely taking Jimmy Grapple there. If he can't do it, that's an issue. But Carson Wentz, you know, he's he's hit his over. It's 220 or 226.5 passing yards. He's hit his over in all but two games this year. It was last week, but they killed the Texans. Like you don't have to pass that often if you kill the Texans. And he just missed it by three and a half passing yards. And then he didn't hit it against the Titans. That's the game. He sprained both of his ankles. So <laughs> I'll, I'll give him a break there. Every other game he's, he's hit it pretty easily. So I, I'm taking the over there um, with confidence. Wentz has been playing well. I'm a little bit worried about his playmakers if Hilton can't go, but I still think Pittman and Mo Alley Cox, uh, and then he can pass to Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Like, that's enough to get it done. That's a pretty low over uh, for passing yards for him. Yeah, and I think the only way he doesn't hit it is if he just has a massive amount of turnovers. But even if he has one or two, I still think he should be able to hit that, especially if the 49ers can turn those turnovers into points because that just means he's going to have to pass even more to catch up. So I think I go the over on Wentz. What about Garoppolo? You know, just from a personal standpoint for him, everybody expects Trey Lance to be back in week eight against the bears. I think that if Garoppolo has a bad game that the 49ers may just make the switch, especially because if he has a bad game, they're probably going to lose. That would put them at two and four. You can forget about the division at that point. You can almost forget about it. Now you could probably yeah. forget about a playoff spot in the NFC. If you're two and four, I think that this might be a very, very short leash for Jimmy Garoppolo. So he personally doesn't hit that over. This may be it for him as a starter in San Francisco. Yeah, they, he really needs to come up and show up. Now, the Colts have done a decent job causing some uh, quarterbacks to turn over the ball. Like they, Davis Mills, they had two They forced him to have two interceptions. Ryan Tannehill threw two interceptions. Stafford threw an interception. But they're they're having 
they're allowing passing yards against them. So like I said, Davis Mills had 243 passing yards against them. Now he was down by a lot in the game. So you pass more often. Russell Wilson easily hit it with 254. Matthew Stafford, 278. Lamar Jackson had 442 passing yards against them. The only two quarterbacks to not hit this over, Jacoby Brissett, like, okay, uh, 199. Like, that doesn't – and then Ryan Tannehill, 197, and he hasn't been too solid this year either besides last week. So, Jimmy Garoppolo has to come out there. They've been allowing plenty of quarterbacks to complete a, a ton of passes against them. Garoppolo should have no trouble moving down the field in this game. No trouble. I, I need to see him go out there, move the ball, and get into the damn end zone. If he wants to keep his job, this is it, right? I Yeah, I totally agree with you. But I feel like we've been saying that since week three, week four. Oh, well, the 49ers are playing a bad defense. You should be able to do it. They should be able to move the ball. But nobody makes bad defenses look better than the 49ers this season. That's what's been so frustrating. I think he's going to hit this over because – Man, I mean, even if the 49ers lose, 223 and a half yards is not that many yards. Like, it's really, really not. To have under that amount of yards, you either have to have an unbelievable game running the football like the Niners did in the NFC Championship game against the Packers, or you just have to be hideous and do absolutely nothing offensively. And I'd, even though the 49ers, I don't think, are going to win the game, I don't know that they're going to be so bad that Jimmy Garoppolo has less than 223 and a half passing yards. Yeah, uh, they have four. The Colts have four players in their secondary injured that they might not play because we brought up Rockison with his ankle injury. He's very doubtful to play. Xavier Rhodes is also dealing with an ankle injury. He had a limit. He didn't practice on Wednesday, limited practice on Thursday. We'll see what happens there. Julian Blackman, like you said, with his Achilles. And then their other safety has a concussion and he's had two limited practices. We'll see if he can play as well. But that secondary is really damaged right now. If Jimmy Garoppolo can't go out there and perform and get chunk yards, you got an issue and you got to move back. You got to move to Trey Lance if that's the case. Two more that I want to get to before we go. First, receiving yards. Debo Samuels at 67 and a half. Brandon Ayuk, the ever-present Brandon Ayuk, 32 and a half. Ayuk <laughs> continues to be a talking point. His lack of targets, lack of production, uh, who do you like to go over the over in this one, if anyone? I prefer taking Debo Samuels over four and a half receptions. If I'm going to take one of these mm. player prop bets on them, um, he's done it every week with Jimmy Garoppolo. He had plenty of targets to do it last uh, game with Trey Lance. It's just with the drop season, bad passes from Lance. It didn't turn out. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like he'll get those that five receptions he needs. I still think he'll hit the over with the receiving yards um, because obviously if he gets five receptions, he should hit the over. It just depends on if he can break one because they're not typically long targets. So he's probably going to need to have plenty of yards after the catch, which he can do. So if I was going to bet on his receiving yards, I would take the over there, but I feel much better about the over four and a half receptions. Do they and have Brandon Ayuk? I, I just, I'm just, I'm so angry about Brandon Ayuk <laughs> and the way they're using him. I could never bet on that because that would just like get me so red during the game. My body would boil. Um, so I would stay away from that because his most receiving yards in a game this season's 37. Insane. If you had to put the over under on Brandon Ayuk at receptions at four and a half, are you taking the under? Yeah, obviously. Yes, I would. Uh, because apparently Kyle Shanahan hates him. So 
Why could I ever bet the over on that? That's the only under you would ever bet, I feel like. It makes me cry. I just, it makes me so upset. It makes us all cry, Michelle. And in fact, I don't want to speak too soon here, but there are rumblings that maybe we'll get some t-shirts made in support of Brandon Ayuk for the Niners Nation Podcast Network. So we'll see if his struggles continue. That might be something that we have to get the wheels turning on. It's not his struggles. He well, you're is right. fine. He you're looks right. good out there. Just target him, especially now that George Kittle is out. You have this. Okay, so I would take the over. I'm going to just say I'll take the over on Brandon Ayuk getting 32 and a half receiving yards because with George Kittle out, you can't just use Debo Samuel. That's not going to work. And stop passing to Muhammad Sanu <laughs> and him dropping the damn ball. And Ugh. he's not going to do anything after the catch. Stop it. They have to feed Brandon Ayuk if they want to win this game because you can't just have Debo Samuel. So take an over. Yes. That leads me into my last bet I want to get to perfectly. Touchdown score in this game. Ross Dwelly is plus 275 for the 49ers. I don't think they are going to incorporate Ayuk that much. And if they get into the red zone, they do like to use the tight end in the red zone, even though George Kittle doesn't have that many touchdowns. And Dwelly does not get the same amount of attention down there that Kittle gets, obviously. So I think that if they get down there, he's going to be a target for them. I love Ross Dwelly plus 275 to score a touchdown in this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I like to stay away from the touchdown scores. They, they've done me wrong in the past when I've bet on that. But I, I think that's fair to assume that Ross Dwelly could get in because like you said, yeah, George Kittle doesn't score touchdowns, but defenses aren't triple teaming him in the red zone either. Uh, right. If they do get down there, Devo Samuel is gonna, going to be so covered. You would think Ayuk would have more space to work, but I, I think this is more of like Trey Sermon or Elijah Mitchell could run into the end zone um, and then stay away from and passing in that type of situation. That's totally fair. And Kyle would prefer, I think, to run the ball in the red zone, too. Number one, because he doesn't have to worry about Jimmy turning the damn ball over. And number two, like he's still a run first coach, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like that. So we'll see. 49ers minus four and a half. I don't feel good about it, but there are some props there that I think you can make some money on. Now that I can bet in Connecticut, I'm going to be flushing my money down the toilet every week just because, you know, these games aren't frustrating enough for me, Michelle. So what I need to do is really have them start costing me money. That's really the best thing I could do. Hey, you think the Colts are going to win. So if you put down a bet on their money line, then you'll be happy either way, right? If the 49ers lose, you got your money. If they win, then who cares about your money? Yeah, yeah. Well, that would be a nice thing, right? The 49ers all of a sudden start winning and I go into the poorhouse because I keep betting against them. <laughs> oh, God, what a season it's been. It's only week seven, Michelle. You you got this. They're going to win this week. It'll be fine. You'll be right back in the thick of things. The great part is that I, I really like the NFC conference for you guys this year because there are those top teams. There are five teams with five wins. So that kind of sucks, right? Oof. And having the Cardinals be undefeated, you're you're really probably not going to win the division. That's no. very unlikely at this point. But you're looking at a wild card spot and there's no teams in this conference with four wins. The rest of them have three. So you have your top five teams that are pretty much like they look really good. They're probably going to get a playoff spot. But the rest of them, there's not a single team I'm looking at that I'm like, yep, they're going to steal that one of those two wildcard spots. I don't feel good about saying that about the Saints, the Vikings, the Bears, the Panthers, the Falcons, Washington. Like all of them are pretty bad. 
So the 49ers are well into this, getting one of those wild card spots, but you got to win again in games like this. You can't, you can't lose against the Colts and think that your season's going to go very far. And the 49ers have a game against the Bears coming up in week eight, which you and I have talked about because we want to see Justin Fields against Trey Lance in that game. But they're going to play the Bears who are ahead of them. They're going to play the Minnesota Vikings who are ahead of them. So you're right. Like they get a win this week. They're going to be able to control what happens to them this season with some head to head matchups that are going to be very important for seeding in the NFC. Yeah, the Saints are getting a bunch of people back, though, which may help them along a little bit. Um, I There's think going the, to be a team in the NFC that will be nine and eight and in the playoffs, I believe. Ooh, I like this bold prediction. I'm writing this one down. So you yeah. still have five more losses to go and you're fine. I really mm-hmm. think there'll be a nine and eight team. The The NFC teams are looking gross besides those top five. Right. And so you, like, you're kind of thinking that the teams that are going to sort of run away and hide are already kind of doing that. And no one else is going to emerge from this muck. Yeah, I mean, even like Seattle, who you think could do it, if Russell's not back, you know, supposedly it was a month-long injury thing, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? He had The injury that he had was pretty bad. It sounded like his finger was pretty gnarled. Um, so they, you know, you might think of them as a team that could make a stretch of wins here, but if he's not going to be there, it's not going to be them. It's I have no faith in Sam Darnold. Justin Fields is a rookie. The Minnesota Vikings are interesting. Potentially, they could be the one. Cause they have the best quarterback out of these, out of this group of people, but I don't know. I mean, they've lost a lot of close games this year as well. So you're right. The Niners could be that nine and eight playoff team. Yeah. And when you're looking at the AFC, it's just a completely different ball game over there. There's not as many top heavy teams, but there's so many teams like the, the chiefs right now are three and three, like, you know, they're going to come back and like, they're not even in the playoffs right now. You know, like if the playoffs started right now, they can come back. The Colts mm-hmm. are decent. Um, the Steelers aren't wouldn't be in right now either, and they're three and three. So I don't know. Interesting little group over there. I feel like that's going to be a much harder race to a wild card spot. But since the 49ers are in the NFC, I, I still like them having a, a really solid chance to make it. They just need to pick up their play. I have said for a few years now, thank God that the 49ers are not in the AFC. Ravens yeah. have their quarterback. He's super young and really good. Chargers have their quarterback. He's super young and really good. Same thing for the Bills. Maybe the Browns. We still don't know about Baker Mayfield. Obviously, the Chiefs. The Patriots may the be Bengals. down the line. The Bengals. You're right. Like They're 4-2. It, it's loaded in the AFC right now. You look at the NFC, and I'm like, all right, who's locked in at quarterback? Dak for the Cowboys, 100%. Aaron Rodgers for the Packers, but he's 38 years old, I think. So he's, I don't think he's going to stay there for too, too much longer. Brady is obviously 44. So although he said he could play till 55. So who the hell knows with him? But, you know, you would think <laughs> in theory, he might not be there that long. Matthew Stafford is older for the Rams. Like the opportunity is there in the NFC for the 49ers. We'll see. You know, we'll see how this thing shakes out. But you, you did make me feel a little better there that if the Niners go nine and eight, they could still make the playoffs. That would make me happy, especially if that nine and eight comes with Trey Lance. A hundred percent. And I really think 10 and seven would easily get the 49ers that last wild card spot. So there's still plenty of room here to work. They just need to win the games that they should win. They can lose the games that they're, you know, the opponent is really good. Like they're going to face the Rams and the Cardinals uh, again. Like you can lose those games, but you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat like the Colts this week. So let's go. I think they'll cover. I think they got this win. I, I really do. I feel confident this week. 
Enjoy the games, everybody. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you're already subscribed, that is awesome, and we appreciate it. But if you haven't rated and reviewed us, please just take an extra 30 seconds. It's a little thing that you can do that makes a big, big difference for us. Michelle, enjoy your weekend. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for hopefully winning me money. Enjoy the games, everybody. And remember, after the game... We will be live on the Instant Reaction Show on the Niners Nation Facebook and YouTube and Twitter pages. Please join us. We come. We interact a lot. It's a really fun show when the 49ers win. And uh, we hope you'll be a part of that. So enjoy it, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.